This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back, and I'm going to roll you right through the sixth. Not the sixth, the sixth. And that would be the Sixth (laughs) Amendment. So what is the Sixth Amendment? Well, for those of you who don't know, it's an amendment in our Constitution, uh, or specifically in the Bill of Rights, and it guarantees the rights of criminal defendants. Uh, It includes the right to a public trial without an unnecessary delay, also known as speedy trial. It includes the right to a lawyer, the right to an impartial jury, the right to know who is accusing you of a crime, the right to know the nature of the charges against you, and the right to know the evidence that the prosecution may present against you. So last week, the Supreme Court, or the SCOTUS, dealt with two different cases having to do with the Sixth Amendment. They heard one case about the Sixth Amendment, uh, specifically about the right to a speedy trial. That case is known as Betterman versus Montana. Uh, They did not decide that case yet. They will decide that case later on this year. And they issued a decision on another case about the Sixth Amendment. That was about the right to a lawyer. And that case is Lewis versus United States of America. So first, let's talk about the case that they actually decided and issue a decision on. And then I will get to the case that they actually heard but have not decided yet. The case that they decided um, is a case known as Lewis versus the United States. It's about the right to counsel or the right to a lawyer. It was a 5-3 decision. And the Supreme Court ruled that the government, the government cannot seize legitimate funds that defendants can use to hire the lawyer of their choice because if they were to do do that, they would violate their Sixth Amendment right to counsel. Along the way, the justices came very, very close to asking a more troubling question, which is, does America's underfunded public defender system meet the Sixth Amendment's guarantee for adequate legal counsel? They did not answer this question, unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned. But the mere fact that they brought it up means they are thinking about it. It is notable. And it also means they may be signaling that they're going to accept another case that addresses this issue later on, probably next term. I will come back to this during my conclusion. So to give you a little background about Lewis, four years ago, Scylla Lewis, who is a woman, was indicted for federal health care fraud of defrauding the government for approximately $4. million. At the time, Ms. Lewis had about $2 million in assets when a federal grand jury sought the indictment. She wanted to use those $2 million in order to seek a lawyer, and she claimed that those funds were wholly unconnected to the crime. The prosecutors in that case sought an order barring her from using any of those funds. The reason they did that is because they wanted to acquire those funds after they got a conviction, which essentially means they felt that either she was going to plead guilty or get found guilty, and then they would be able to go after those funds through asset forfeiture, which is something we have talked about on a previous show Go back and listen to that if you want to know back more about asset forfeiture. So they froze all of her assets, including ones that she could prove were untainted by the crime, meaning money she had unrelated to this fraud or at least alleged fraud. Um, she argued, she sued, and she said that seizing those funds violated her Sixth Amendment right to seek assistance of counsel of her choice. The court agreed. It ruled that the Sixth Amendment forbids the government from seizing untainted funds, meaning funds unconnected to the crime, simply because they might want to go after those funds later on. They said that they're going to send this case back down to the lower court and there she will presumably be able to use this $2 million of untainted funds to to seek a lawyer that she wants to pay for out of her own money. More broadly, the federal government will no longer be able to freeze untainted funds, meaning funds you can prove are completely unrelated to the crime in similar cases, and you will be able to use those funds to seek a lawyer of your choice rather than having to use a 
public defender when, in fact, you have money. Uh, Side note is that also affects the federal government's budget, because if you can now pay for a lawyer, then the taxpayers don't have to pay for a lawyer for you. And so that actually saves the government money. Second case, speeding right along to our speedy trial case. This case, Betterman versus Montana, is a case that they heard an oral argument on, but they have not actually decided yet, unlike the Lewis case. This is another case that they heard this week. Um, Aside from deciding the Sixth Amendment case about the right to a lawyer, they also heard arguments about speedy trial. And the question in the Betterman case is fairly simple. Does speedy trial apply to sentencing? And you may be thinking to yourself, well, we said speedy trial. So sounds to me like it only applies to the trial. But it's not that simple. But before I get to whether it's not that simple or not, let me just give you a brief background. On April 19th, 2012, Brandon Bretterman pled guilty in Montana to felony bail jumping. On June 27th, 2013, which was 14 months later, actually over 14 months later, Bretterman was finally sentenced to seven years in prison. I should note, Betterman is not demanding that his entire criminal case be thrown out, the one he pled guilty to, because his speedy trial rights were violated. Rather, he is asking the court to analyze what remedy might be fashioned to compensate him for the 14th month delay after he pled guilty and before he was actually sentenced. Betterman argues that the 14th month delay in him being sentenced violated his Sixth Amendment right because the right to a quote unquote public trial includes sentencing. He makes this argument based on a 1948 case and also on historical arguments, which is basically back during the framers time when you were either pleaded guilty to pled guilty to a crime or you were sentenced to a crime. Generally speaking, that sentence was handed down right there and then as part of the trial. And he's saying that this is a modern phenomenon that we delay sentencing to a later date. And therefore, because historically sentencing was part of the trial, we should read speedy trial as including the sentencing. Of course, the opposite of that, the Montana government and the federal government counter that by saying the plain language of the word, quote unquote, trial in the Sixth Amendment does not include the sentencing because a trial is complete when a jury announces a conviction or a court accepts a guilty plea. So we are having an argument right now about what trial actually encompasses. Um, There's additional arguments that are being made. Uh, Montana and the federal government further argue because past cases have said that the remedy for speedy trial is not dismissal of the charges, that the speedy trial, I'm sorry, that remedy for speedy trial violation is dismissal of charges. Then this can't possibly apply when somebody already pleads guilty. But Betterman counters that, you know, he's not saying that his entire case should be thrown out. He's just saying that they should reduce his sentence to deal with the 14 months that they were violating his right to actually sentence him. Uh, Whichever way this court comes out, essentially, uh, there's still going to be further questions because if they decide speedy trial does apply, then they're going to have to figure out whether it was violated for Mr. Betterman. Um, And even if it does not apply, Mr. Betterman still may have an argument under the Fifth Amendment that his due process rights were violated. I am not going to get into that now. That would make this much longer and more complicated and very legally and you'd be bored with it. So let's suffice to say uh, he would just make an argument other another another provision of the constitution uh more interesting and more 
something that would affect people in the community, if you're listening to the show, is what happens if the delay is longer than the sentence itself? So say you're facing a six-month sentence and you've already been in jail uh, for a while and you take a plea for three months. If it takes four months to get you a sentencing hearing, then you'll actually be in jail for a month longer than you would have been in jail because if your sentence is six months, now you're in jail for seven months. And so the idea is, well, of course the sentencing has to be part of speedy trial because if not, it could end up in situations, you know, unlike Betterman, but in some situations, you could actually end up being in jail for longer than you should be. All that saying is, you know, this comes down to simple things. Does the speedy trial right apply in sentencing? And even if the court rules that Betterman is not entitled to any relief, you still have this issue of the public defense system. So I'm going to really talk about that because I think that's really, really important right now. Um, Justice Breyer pointed out during this conversation that the Department of Justice says that only 27 percent of county based public defenders offices have the sufficient attorneys and sufficient funds to meet the standards for adequate representation of some places where we see this is Kentucky, Louisiana, Kansas. There's no money in the budget to pay for public defenders. So public defenders who are not supposed to carry more than 80 cases are carrying 100 cases. They're carrying 120 cases. And so Breyer raises this question is, is that violating Sixth Amendment rights? And of course, that's a real much bigger question because a lot of these states, they don't want to fund public defenders or they say we don't have money to public funding defenders, you know, because we decided to cut all the taxes on rich people like they did in Kansas and Louisiana. And so if this question comes back up and the court rules that underfunding public defenders offices violates the Sixth Amendment, that's going to be a big problem for red states that are now going to have to figure out how to come up with money. Of course, that hasn't happened yet, uh, but that may happen in the future. And so what you really should take away with from this is that the Sixth Amendment is supremely important. It protects important rights for all of those accused of crimes. And whether or not the Sixth Amendment's guarantees are met are supremely important for every person in this country. Selena? All right. Well, on that note, we do have to say goodbye for now, but we'll be back, God willing, next Sunday. So enjoy the rest of your week. Try not to be a bully on Twitter like or on Facebook like Stanley is. Yes, Stanley. And um, check us out via iTunes at LYVBH Radio. You can subscribe to us there. You can also check out our archive section at LYVBH.com. And we have some great editorials. Stanley and I actually both wrote about Cardi B. Oh, yeah. And feminism and her impact on young girls. So definitely check that out at lyvbh.com. And I have a new one coming out this week called The Ballot or the Bullet. Ooh, so Ooh. we'll look forward to that. All right, guys, thanks for chilling with us. We'll see you next Sunday. He said, the king, where we come from? Take it-